0: It's good to be with you. Um, Carla and I took um, a trip to, to Rome, Italy. And we were celebrating our 30th wedding anniversary on year 32. You've done that, you've done, you've done that before? And, um, and so we had some great time, just the two of us, uh, visiting there and resting there. But uh, a big part of the trip also was an opportunity for us to visit with a Carr family, uh, Reed and Steppi Carr. Uh, some of you have been here long enough uh, to know some of their story. Um, Reed, is, uh, Reed and Steppy are missionaries with the International Mission Board. Uh, they are uh, serving there, church planting This Sunday today will be the third corporate gathering of the second church plant uh, that Reed has led, and he'll be preaching today as he does each Sunday in this second church plant in Prati, uh, right out just there. um, I don't know what you'd call it. It's not a suburb, but an area of of Rome and. He'll be preaching in Italian. Uh, It's just amazing to me uh, to think about um, knowing Reed and knowing that he studies in Italian and preaches in Italian. Uh, It's just uh, God's good work in his life. Reed came through here as a student, um, married Kyra, um, and Kyra was a student here as well, Kyra Karp. uh, They were married for... uh, About seven years, eight years, um, they left here and went to Southern Seminary, then left Southern and went to Rome. Uh, They were home on furlough, and um, Kyra was killed in an automobile accident on the night before they left to go back to Rome uh, near Cartersville, where she was from. They had daughters at that time that were six, four, and two. After a few months, Reed went back to Rome and uh, raised those girls. uh, After some time, he met Steppi, who was also serving as a missionary at that time in Greece. They married. They now have a son that's two and a half. His name is Kip. And I bring you greetings from them. uh, Greetings from people we have sent out and that are doing the good work of church planting and sharing the gospel and taking the good news of grace and justification to Rome, Italy. At the same time that we were in uh, Rome, uh, Robbie and Caleb and Brooke, three members of our staff, Uh, left from the Atlanta airport the same day that we left for Rome to go to Central Asia. Uh, They uh, went there to help and assist uh, Chris and Jessica Fitzgerald, I see these guys here this morning, welcome home. Uh, Y'all show a welcome to Chris and Jess Fitzgerald this morning. they uh, assisted them in packing and them getting back to the states but also there to see Kyle and Carly who we've just sent out this year to uh, serve with the International Mission Board there in Central Asia and so connecting there with those uh, on the ground sharing the gospel that we've sent out. I'm sharing some stories with you that if you'll stay with me for just a few minutes, I'm going to connect the dots. Um, this past week, our memory verse was for our church was Luke 10:2. Some of you are uh, memorizing those verses; uh, others are doing other things related to scripture memory. But Luke 10:2 was the verse that we put in front of our church, and the verse that says, "The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few." Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And who we saw in Rome and who Robbie and Caleb and Brooks saw in Central Asia were part of those that have gone out from us to be a part of sharing the gospel and to be laborers in the harvest. Over the past week, while I was uh, with Carla in Rome, I said the devotional that I'm using this year when I sit down with the Lord and each morning and, and uh, I'm back in the devotional called My Utmost for His Highest. How many of you have used that over the years? Just curious about the influence on our congregation. My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. My brother in 1984 gave me a copy, this copy Uh, Used it for a while, put it away for a few years. This year, back in it again. And these were the titles of the daily devotionals while we were in Rome. Do you continue to go with Jesus? Missionary predestinations. The missionary's master. The missionary's goal. The go of preparation. The go of relationship the go of renunciation, the go of unconditional identification and the last day when we started back from Rome on September 29th, the consciousness of the call, the consciousness of the call and then on the 30th, the commission of the call. This past weekend, here on our property, I was a part of one of the most special events I've been a part of as a pastor. We had what we call the River Reunion. Maybe you read about it in the newsletter this week, maybe not, but it was a, a kind of an inaugural event to see if there was a, a way we could bring back people from uh, the, the world that have gone out from us, that particularly are serving in vocational ministry somewhere in some way. These are people that have come out of Watkinsville or had some connection with Watkinsville. Some of those still currently involved in Watkinsville, but working in ministries around our area, but here every week. And we put invitation out, we brought a schedule together And on Friday night, people came. We had Friday night, Saturday morning, and then Saturday night together. Some of those families are here this morning in our church. If you were a part of the River Reunion and you're here this morning, stand for me right now. Let me see a few of you, you're here, all right, all right. Welcome these folks home to Watkinsville. Thank you, you be seated. I see Eric and Ellen Peters, and Brad and Kat Kenny, and Bill and Jan Hager, and I may have missed uh, some others uh, in the room, but uh, we had uh, eight people from eight different states uh, back here, um, and a group of, by the time all the kids and everybody got in the room, about 50 people. Uh, I want you to hear, in fact, I, I know that uh, Trey and Caitlin tell are here this weekend and in the room because Trey was on the base this morning. Uh, he just thought he had a day off. You're like, you're back, man, you're playing. And um, But I, I want you to watch this video and you're going to hear and see. It's just three or four minutes here from those who were back this weekend. And we just real quick put them in front of a camera and said, talk to us, tell us what's going on. Uh, watch this for just a moment. Hey, I'm Trey. I'm Caitlin. We're the ITELs, and we're at Cornerstone Church Bay Ridge in Brooklyn, New York now. I'm a pastor there, and I oversee men's ministry and the music ministry. And I oversee children's ministry and am VBS director. Watkinsville partnered to plant our church in Brooklyn 11 years ago and sent us out to be a part of that church plant, and we're there 10 years later. We are uh, Brad and Kat uh, Kenny, um, and our kids are Fisher, Nora, and Lydia. We live in uh, Richmond, Virginia, and before we moved there, we were a part of Watkinsville for like 12 years. Um, I work in Virginia as a vascular ultrasound tech, and Brad works for the IMB. A few things about what that make Watkinsville special to me. Uh, first is just the word wholehearted, um, and it's while we were here where um, believe that really our, the trajectory of our life shifted where we wanted to live wholehearted every day uh, for the Lord. Um, and then also uh, the love for mission and missions um, was a cemented, be a part of this church. And I believe that so much of what I get to do every day now uh, was started while I served here. So, so glad to be back. I'm Emily Lavender and this is my husband Benji. Uh, Our time here at Watkinsville is very impactful uh, for us. Uh, We were married here at Watkinsville. Carlos married us. Um, We were also sent out by Watkinsville as we went uh, to the mission field. We went to China uh, through Pioneers and and Watkinsville is our home church. that sent us out uh, there so uh, Watkinsville is very near and dear uh, to to our hearts. Hi, we're Brent and Linda Ropp. Um, I began coming to this church um, when my folks moved here back in 1980, and Linda and I um, had a chance to be involved in this church off and on from 1984 until today. Uh, I'm now serving as the Vice President uh, with Third Millennium Ministries uh, based in uh, Orlando, Florida. You've been supporting us as full-time missionaries for 38 years. Um, We have always felt so much encouragement and love and support from this church. We just wanted to say thank you Hi, we are Eric and Ellen Peters and we serve with Pioneers Faith Mission so our Ministry since we were sent out from this church in 1989 has been as I said with Pioneers a church planting mission and God has in his sovereignty led us to various parts of Asia to serve in uh, discipleship and church planting. Most recently, I've been serving as the International Director for Pioneers. Just finished that role, and we're in a season of waiting on what God has next for us. I just want to say how much I've appreciated this church's impact in my own life, Uh, the, the foundational role of discipleship, the Word of God, and from Brother Charles when I was first here, all the way to um, Carlos and Carla and the way that they invest in our lives and love us. They are amazing and we're just so appreciative for everybody at the church praying and walking with us. Hey, my name is Jonathan Mosley and uh, I am a church planner in Boston uh, with Kings Hill Church. Uh, I was at Watkinsville about 10 years ago and through the ministry of Watkinsville, Uh, Pastor Carlos and others helped me discern a calling into ministry and also has become our sending church uh, for the city of Boston. And so not only has Watkinsville uh, helped me grow in my relationship with the Lord, but they're also making a huge impact uh, in the city of Boston. So we are super grateful for all that they do and uh, love what God is doing uh, in Athens, Georgia through this church. Um, Those are some of us that God's called out from here and uh, they're, they're serving in other places now taking the gospel and taking Jesus Christ to the world. Uh, Mike and Jen Satterfield were here also. Uh, I don't know if they're in the room yet. Um, they'll be here probably, they're three hours ahead so they're just, their time's all messed up. Uh, but uh, Mike and Jen, some of their kids were here Um, Let me connect the dots. Where where are you like? This doesn't seem like good to know. Where'd that go? Um, Well, you're very intuitive. Um, This is not a regular message in the series that we had planned that we were calling Good to Go. I feel compelled uh, this morning to share uh, these stories and some things with you and connect these dots for you. The dots on all these stories, our time in Rome Rome with Reed and Steffi, uh, the the trip to Central Asia, the memory verse, the devotionals for the week, the river reunion. uh, These uh, are all markers that have led me to be where I am today in God's word before you. What you're hearing are stories of missionaries, and church planters, and worship leaders, and pastors, and children's directors, and leaders of Christian organizations. These are coordinators and directors of ministries around the globe. And today, uh, I want to stand before you, and I want, to, um, I-, I want you to see those stories, hear those stories and by God's grace and the work of his Holy Spirit I want to put before you the possibility that you're the next story that God has brought you to this hour this 930 service to arrest your attention and apprehend your thoughts and direct your steps toward serving Him in a particular way of full time, lifetime. Christian ministry and if the enemy's on his game right now the excuses have already hit your brain on why it's not you but it might be them or somebody else it could be thoughts of age or situation or circumstances or abilities i'm praying that you just be willing to say holy spirit here here i am tell me what you want when i talk to you today about the call to christian ministry Let me tell you what it's not. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter nine. Acts chapter nine. In Acts chapter nine, we have the story of a man named Saul, who we know more commonly as Paul, the apostle Paul. Saul was persecuting the church. He was excellent in his morality. He, he went after those that were followers of the way followers of Jesus Christ he, he sought to destroy them he watched as they were stoned he, he was looking to just wipe out this gathering of people that were following Christ and there was a um, um, a Damascus Road experience literally on the Damascus Road the Lord brought him to his knees he told him to to go into the city and there God used Ananias and he told Ananias what was going on with Saul who would become Paul and look with me in verse 15 Acts 9 but the Lord said to him he's talking about Ananias who he wanted to go find Saul Paul but the Lord said to him go for it He is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name. He is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And so Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said... Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food he was strengthened. Let me tell you three things that the the call to Christian ministry is not. The call to Christian ministry is not an ambiguous call. The call to Christian ministry is not an ambiguous call. There may be some searching and looking for and trying to discern the call, but there will come a time where the call to Christian ministry is not vague. It's not casual. It's not uh, foggy. Uh, it's it's not an ambiguous call God brought Saul to his knees he brought Ananias to Saul there were words here saying i've got something for you to do the call is not an easy call it would be it would be great to stand before you today with a a, a, a glossy video, a glossy print, and all highlights. The call to Christian ministry is not an easy call. When, when Ananias was spoken to from the Lord, he says, Go, for he is a chosen instrument. There's, there's something there about hearing the word chosen that in your mind might make you think special. He's my chosen instrument to carry my name. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? And you get to verse 18, for I will show him how much he must prosper. Not there. For I will show him how much he must suffer from day one. This call to Christian ministry was is seen as it wasn't ambiguous and it wasn't an easy call and I would say third to you that it's not a temporary call assignments would 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 differ cities would differ he would be in some places for different amounts of time but the call to proclaim the kingdom to preach Jesus Christ and to explain that Jesus was the Christ and it particularly to the Gentiles was not a temporary call you come down to the end of the apostle Paul's life and he says for me to live is Christ and to die is gain he says I'm pressing on toward the mark of the high calling he says I have run the race I have finished I have fought the good fight if we put it in a positive way, that's, this is negative, not ambiguous, not easy, not temporary. It's the positive side. The, the call to Christian ministry is a clear call. The call to Christian ministry is a costly call. The call to Christian ministry is a consuming call. And I think in my own life about God's call to be a pastor there was a time of discernment, there were a time of questioning, there were times when I sat down, I scheduled an appointment with, I call him Brother Al, I scheduled an appointment with Brother Jeff, I I went to see my pastors, I, I, I talked to them, I asked them questions, I was reading devotionals, I was praying, I talked to my parents, I talked to my friends, I read, there came a time where the call was clear, and it's so critical because in these days, 30 plus years in, you, you, cannot, you cannot stay in it with confusion and fogginess. It is a sense of clear calling that holds your hand to the plow. I thought over the years of doing other things, I would love to stand and look like such a giant in front of you to say, uh, I answered the call to pastor when I was a senior in college and I've, I've never thought of doing anything else. I've never thought of quitting. I thought of quitting this morning. <laughs> I, um, I, th- I think about doing other things. I do. There are three locations right now in Oconee County that I would love to put a fresh produce stand And if you're an entrepreneur and you'll give half of your profits to the church, I'll tell you where those are. (laughs) All of those things are just curiosity. They're not calling. When I stand before you and I walk with you and I serve with you, I love you. I feel strong sense of call that God has said this is what I want you to do. Colossians 1, turn in your Bibles there, and it speaks of the work of ministry. And what is it that we're talking about when we speak of of Christian ministry or gospel ministry? Colossians chapter 1. verse 24 Colossians 1 verse 24 the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Colossae how how far he has come from that Damascus Road experience and then how God used Ananias in his life to affirm that call And it says verse 24 Colossians 1, now I rejoice in my sufferings For your sake and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is the church. Paul said, I'm doing what I'm doing for the church, for the local church. I'm doing it, he says, of which I became a minister of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. The Apostle Paul saw the calling that God had on his life as as an act of stewardship. God's entrusted me with something to do. He's given me direction. He's given me words. And and for me to handle that right, I, I need to be a good steward with that call. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. That's Christian ministry. That—that That is at least what I'm speaking of this morning. That I'm putting in front of you. That the Holy Spirit may be saying, I'm putting my finger on your life, on your family's life or uh, uh, there's a there's a work for you to do there's a stewardship uh, for you to follow through on I want you to declare the glory of the mystery of the gospel I want you to warn teach work toil, to help people grow and be mature and ready to meet Christ when they see him or he returns Let me give you a a, a clear definition of the call. Back in 2012, I finished some doctoral work on call to ministry and over time just tried to put into a sentence or a couple of sentences what I understood, understood Scripture to teach about a call to ministry. And this is a paragraph from... That paper, stringing the meaning of these three words together call, vocation, and ministry. This author, that's me, understands and writes from this foundational definition. A call to vocational ministry, listen, is God communicating to an individual. His will to serve him by serving others in a task focused on the spiritual needs, spiritual nurture, and spiritual development of another person or group of persons. Therefore, answering a call to vocational ministry would be the recognition and the acceptance of God's will to serve him by serving others in this task that's focused on spiritual needs, spiritual nurture, and spiritual development of others. This call would be understood by the person to be a task that would be considered his life's work. To reject this call would be seen as disobedience to God's leadership in the person's life. So when I'm talking about ministry work, a calling to Christian ministry, I'm talking about this awareness that God has said to you. He's given you this divine sense of altness. That you're to serve him by serving others. To attending to their spiritual needs. Is it you? Is that what God has for you in your retirement? Is that what God has for you in your middle years? Is that what God has for you in your college days? Is a Middle schooler or a high schooler today? Is that what God is putting on your heart? Is that what He's saying to you today? I want you to serve me by serving others for the sake of my name and the glory of the gospel. Well, how do you know? How do you know? There's an inward call. That inward call would be that sense inside that God's got something for you to do, something more for you to do. I, re- I remember those days of just checking it off, saying I, I, I've been saved, I've been baptized. In fact, I was baptized before I was saved and baptized after I was saved. I, it was just going through all of those things, and I'm a member of the church, and I'm teaching, I'm serving, I'm helping, and God, is there something else? And there was just just this sense, this draw that it just kept could it could it be that God wants me to would he want me to pastor? Inward call. There's also an outward call. And the outward call would be how God used Ananias. It would be how as we on the inside sense that God's doing something. On the outside others are seeing what you're hearing. And others affirm in your life. They speak into your life. It may be by giving you opportunities. It may be by them affirming when they see you serve or watch you serve or hear you talk about Jesus. And God uses an outward call coming together with an inward call for you to be able to recognize the upward call. What is the upward call? Look in Philippians chapter 3. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on. He's talking about like a runner. He's, I'm reaching for the finish line. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I may have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. King James Version there says the high call. The high call of God in Christ Jesus. So we we come to know by seeing that inward call and that outward call come together to convince us of an upward call. Oswald Chambers says actually about a call to ministry and those devotionals reading again this past week. He says, if you can tell where you got the call of God and all about it, I question whether you have ever had a call. Paul describes it as a necessity laid upon him. And I'm just standing here in the gap today between the Lord and you and wondering if God has laid this necessity upon you. You know that your life won't be... All it was made to be unless you step toward Christ in faith that he's calling you. I have this letter that is tattered now that my dad saved. I didn't know he had saved until I started asking a few questions a few years back and I wrote a handwritten letter as a senior in college to my family. I was at Auburn, my parents were in North Alabama and it was to Mr. and Ms. Jerry Sibley and Jennifer That's my sister. No no email then for us. Um, my dad's handwriting at the top of this letter written on Phi Gamma Delta fraternity Uh, stationary some of you didn't know a fraternity guy could write or or (laughs) uh, jet lag how how are you all doing (laughs) that's how everything's great here things are busy but makes the days better I was a senior in college. I'm sure things are just as busy there or more. I was rereading this letter this morning and, and a little bit of history here that some of you can connect with. I said, SGA campaigns started Sunday. I've been involved with those, the votes tomorrow. Harold Melton, any of you know that name? Harold Melton just finished serving as the Chief Justice, of the sur- Supreme Court of the state of Georgia. Uh, came to Georgia to law school. He said, I, I said, uh, the votes tomorrow. Harold Melton was who I helped. He's the black guy running. That was significant. He was the first uh, black guy that was elected as SGA president at Auburn University and the student center at Auburn University is now the Harold G. Melton student center still lives in Atlanta Um, he went on to win (laughs) it's the only successful campaign I've ever worked on so don't ask me to... uh, Um, it's it's a lot of stuff here but I I got down in this letter and my dad always called this his dear it wasn't his dear John letter he called it his dear Jerry letter because I wrote to him to tell him that I would not be home to work in the family business Um, third page middle paragraph I wrote I think the Lord wants me to be in the ministry I hope you all will pray for me. I think about going to seminary a lot. It seems so strange though when I think about me going to seminary. Pray that the Lord will keep showing me what I should do. I appreciate your support so much. I'm glad, Dad, that you want for me what the Lord wants. Thanks for sharing that with me over break. And I go on and talk about what God's doing in my heart. And I close this letter out with Philippians 3.14, this is 34 years ago. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is my prayer, that in these days ahead, that I will know without a doubt that high calling. God is good and faithful. Amen. I believe in the years ahead that our church will become even more a nursery, an incubator for those called to Christian ministry and it may be you today. You know, um, Harvard boasts that eight presidents of the U.S. have come from their school. Yale boasts that five presidents have come from their school. Harvard boasts that 41 Fortune 500 CEOs have graduated from their school. I'm praying that God would allow Watkinsville to be a church that would see 150 people on its 150th anniversary Serving the, serving the Lord in vocational Christian ministry. I have no idea where we are on that count yet. And you say, well, when's our 150th birthday? 2030. we got eight years. I love that our songs today are all about Jesus, and we're going to, And one more song, we're not going to do that but um, I, want to, I want to just say I, and, and you're really like, well the pastor was kind of dragging this morning yeah, pretty slow talking this morning but I'm kind of okay with that because I don't want anybody here to answer the call to ministry on some kind of emotional high I'm standing before you to say God is advancing his kingdom and could it be you that he wants to use in some way in Christian ministry and I want to talk to you about it. You can do that by finding some piece of paper and writing your name and an email on it and sliding it to me on your way by me today. You could email me at carlos at You could Come see me in the commons in just a minute. Let's just talk about it. Let's have that meeting with the pastor. Let's let's talk about what God's saying, what God's doing. Is he calling you? Would it be your heart today that you would say, there is an inward call, an upward call, an outward call. Would you help me figure that out, Pastor? Lord Jesus, today, would you by the power of your Spirit call out from us and in the days ahead, many pastors, many workers, many missionaries, many servants, would you, Lord, we bring earnest prayer to you that you would... Call out laborers for the harvest. Lord, we live in a lost world that needs to hear the good news. Lord, what a a joy, what what a privilege to be involved in that way. And I thank you for that. I give you praise for these years.